had a new character appear on screen. We have Ahmed Best, who had such incredible costume. I don't know if everyone knows, but he played Jar Jar Binks in the prequel movies. So this was incredible. Elizabeth, you look like you didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought he looked familiar, but I did not put two and two together. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Din Spencer. What's up, Elizabeth? <laughs> Nothing much, Din Spencer. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh my gosh, it is hot outside. What is this? Last time we talked, it was like raining and cold and snowing. And now it's like a thousand degrees no, out. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a little better here than I think it is there. But still, I'm just annoyed. Because I just want it to be summer and I just want to know what I can wear in the morning and like not use my heater and my air conditioning all in right. the same day. That would be lovely. We're back in the era of whenever we record and I like turn on my coffee machine, it blows out my fuses and I have to turn you, the air conditioner on during breaks and stuff. You need to get someone to look at your electrical <laughs> setup because that's not safe. <laughs> I feel like that can be fixed, Spencer. <laughs> Your coffee maker should not, like, destroy all of your electronics. Right. Well, I am having so much fun with Star Wars Month. We had a great episode talking about The Empire Strikes Back. But now we're ready to talk about an exciting show that I think everyone on this planet and other planets are watching right now. Oh, yes. I am so excited. This week, we watched... The Mandalorian. Yes. We're going to talk about all three seasons. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, we could just pick one season. It's just too mm-hmm. much. And they're short too. So, you know, might as well just cram them all into one art of costume episode. So this could go really well or really wrong. We'll find I, out. <laughs> it's going to go really well, Spencer. <laughs> And because of that, we needed a little bit of extra help. I am so excited to introduce today's special co-host, a costumer who worked on The Mandalorian and Nope, our friend Kevin Ochoa. Hey, Kevin. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're so excited to be joined by you. It's it's a it's a big honor from you coming all the way from Navarro in the outer room to join us. <laughs> <laughs> the jump to light speed helped me get here. So yes. <laughs> good, good. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to learn about your experience. Um, I also know you listen to the podcast every once in a while. So thank you, of course, for all of your support throughout our I don't know what you call this, whatever it is that we're doing. So thank you. Your journey. We'll call it yes, your journey. <laughs> our journey. <laughs> but speaking of journeys, before we jump into uh, everything Mandalorian, I want to lo- I want to know a little bit about you. Uh, you are a costumer. 
you and I met actually the other day and had some coffee and you told me a little bit about your story. I would love for you to just share a little bit with our audience. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, I went to art school for high school and college and, um, I was in the fashion and beauty industries most of my career, but when the pandemic happened, I was looking for a career change and kind of saw it as an opportunity to just see what I could find out there. And I found some classes at a local college that had a program that uh, would allow students to find trainee jobs in the industry doing different crafts. And I chose costume. and it kind of just took off instantly from there. Um, right. <laughs> uh, it was an interesting time because COVID was happening and um, the world was in a very uncertain place. So finding work was always a question, but with the support of the school um, and the studios that we're in collaboration with, um, I got my first job on Nope, which was super exciting. Insane with Alex Boverd, who with Alex Boverd, who I love and adore, um, from the White Lotus, of course, which we can talk about that on another episode for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was a life changing experience to um, have that opportunity and to really be um, allowed to to learn on in the field and from really wonderful, talented people. And then um, towards the end of Nope, I got um, notified that. There was a Lucasfilm project that was hiring and looking for trainees. <laughs> and I had an inkling of what that might be for. So I jumped <laughs> at that opportunity. And um, before I knew it, I was um, I was hired by them. And uh, I had one day off in between um, and Ugh. nope and starting The Mandalorian. Oh, wow. And that sounds like my nightmare, yeah. a good nightmare, but still a nightmare. <laughs> definitely a hit the ground running, um, you know, just uh, balls to the walls for lack of a better word. But um, it definitely um, nope prepared me to work on The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is a huge undertaking. It's a massive show. It goes so quickly. And um, yeah, it's it's just part of my my career now which I'm still in disbelief about sometimes but I'm very proud of it and I learned so much under Shauna of course <laughs> <laughs> Shauna Terpsik who we love and we're going to talk so much about in this episode it's such a wild journey I can't even imagine I mean it's kind of the dream and I'm so excited to have you on we've never had a costumer on before and I'm just excited to share your journey and hopefully others will feel inspired that you know, this crazy dream they might have might not be so crazy and you can make it happen too. Well, I feel very honored to be here. Thank you. And yeah, it's, I think that this is a very um, viable path if you put your mind to it and really work hard and show your stuff. So yeah, thank you for having me again. Of course. Of course. We're so excited. Um, And with that... We have to talk about The Mandalorian. We have about a million costumes to get through. So, Elizabeth, <laughs> I think we should just jump right into it. Yes, and I'll give the summary this week because Spencer did all the slides and the research. <laughs> so, this is The Mandalorian. After the fall of the Galactic Empire, a lone bounty hunter navigates the outer reaches of the galaxy and forms a bond with a mysterious creature. Meanwhile, dark forces gather to reclaim their power over the New Republic. 
That is The Mandalorian. If you haven't seen it, maybe you should stop right here because we spoil things. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to give all the spoilers. And also just a side note. Yes, Kevin is here. Yes, he worked on The Mandalorian. No, we will not be talking about anything spoilery (laughs) in terms of the future. Don't even try it. We do not want to have naughty conversations with Lucasfilm. So no. we're going to play nice today. We we only <laughs> spoil um, media that has already been published and is yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. And like months ago. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, let's go behind the wardrobe. The Mandalorian was created by Jon Favreau. And we have actually two costume designers. Season one was designed by Joseph Porro, for which he was nominated for an Emmy. And then seasons two and three was designed by the lovely Shauna Terpsik, for which she was also nominated for an Emmy. Uh, you will know Joseph's work from uh, a TV show called Salem, which I don't know if any of you have seen. Elizabeth, I knew you've seen yes. it. It's so good. You told actually. me to watch that. <laughs> you got to see it. I don't think I finished it, but it's very like spooky over it's the top wild. cheesy <laughs> stupid but like brilliant um also independence day stargate super mario brothers and the orville so very up elizabeth's alley i'll say yeah and then we have the brilliant shauna terpsik who i absolutely adore you will know her from her work on mighty Morphin power rangers which i grew up on and i've already told her this a thousand times firefly which is up elizabeth's uh, Ali, <laughs> Angel, Much Ado About Nothing, The Cabin in the Woods, and The Book of Boba Fett, for which she was nominated for an Emmy and won a Costume Designers Guild Award. And we also have a special bonus episode with Shauna about The Book of Boba Fett. So after this, go listen to that episode. It's one of my favorites. Um, I basically was very starstruck the entire quick interview. So Lots of fun. And also, Shauna was working on a new TV show called Ahsoka, which is coming out soon. So get ready for that. I know I am. Oh, exciting. That must have been wonderful fun to work on. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder who else might have worked on that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine if like Lucasfilm was like shooting poison darts at us? I mean... Um, so obviously when we go behind the wardrobe, we love to give you some facts, but with the Mandalorian being so huge, we kind of decided to just sprinkle them throughout the episode. But I can start us with a little quote from John Favreau, just about the scope of the Mandalorian and really kind of talks about working with the brilliant crew, which Kevin is a part of. John said recently to Entertainment Weekly, I'm having a blast and I love working with Dave Filoni and I love how the characters develop over time. It's a really wonderful format and you really grow to appreciate having such a good team around you that for each new film you would have to assemble. But with The Mandalorian, we get to inherit this great group of talented people that we could work with every year. I don't know what would make me not enjoy doing it, especially as long as the audience is connecting with these characters. This feels like a really enjoyable moment. And I love that because it's just such a good show. It's fun. It's campy. It's heartwarming. Maybe not every episode is changing the world. But to me, it's just nice to like have something to look forward to and that escape and incredible costumes, great stories. And I don't know about you, too. I mean, Kevin, before you worked on it, you were a fan, too. Absolutely. I mean, we've all grown up with these characters. I think that they've followed us throughout our lives. Um, and I find myself coming back to the original trilogy and just 
appreciating it from a different perspective every time because it's it lives on and it it means something. We all hold it so close to our hearts. So um, it's a really special franchise to be part of. Yeah, I love I love especially the Mandalorian because like you said, it's just like kind of campy and fun and it's like kind of separate from like a lot of other bigger Star Wars storylines. So it just feels very like small and like comforting, even though, you know, they're fighting every single episode, but still. (laughs) Well, I like it's like one episode. It's like I'm crying and I'm stressed, um, a.k.a. the last episode we watched. And then some episodes you're like, oh, Lizzo's here. This is nice. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) Like a space cowboy on his journey. You know, he's going to different planets and places and just having these different experiences and interactions it's um it's it's fun it's like you said every week's a different story which is great a chapter if you will (laughs) well if you do go back soon if you could just tell them to never end the show as long as i'm still alive that would be fantastic see what i can do about that yes i have so many conversations with the creator (laughs) (laughs) and with that let's take a quick little break and when we come back we have a lot of uh costumes to zoom around through this is the way this is the way way. (laughs) (laughs) okay bye we have season one of the mandalorian and we have Mando. <laughs> the Dadalorian. The Dadalorian. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my gosh, preparing these slides when I pulled the original Mandalorian armor, it really took me back for a second. I forgot how, like, you know, it's still great armor and a great costume, but how, like, ragtag Mando looked when we first met him. It's just yeah. like, you're not used to it after all these years. I'd forgotten the same thing. I when I saw your slides, I was like, "Oh yeah, we we come a long way since then." <laughs> right, <laughs> brown. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I saw these and I was like, "Oh yeah, he was just like a lone mercenary, just like bopping around the galaxy at first. Right. And my favorite um, part to it is that it doesn't really match so much. Like, there's a metal piece here, there's a brown piece here, kind of like a tan piece here, which to me kind of says like. He's kind of just like sourcing his armor from where he could get it at this point. He's assembling it together. You know, it's not bad armor. It's strong for sure. It's kept him alive this long, but definitely feels like it's being pieced together, which I really love. Yeah, definitely. I also like just like the color because like that kind of goes away for him. So I like this like reddish brown, just like worn out look. Yeah, this like Kevin mentioned earlier, this to me is like very space cowboy. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly type of Western cowboy man looking for his child. Yeah, for sure, definitely. <laughs> um, such a throwback seeing these looks. Then, of course, we have some other fun characters. We have Grief Karga and Quill, and it's so good to like. Re- I feel like the first season of The Mandalorian came out like a decade ago, but it was like what three years ago. I don't know. Yeah, well, a pandemic happened in there, so you know, it's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is time? 
Um, Grief Cargo really went through a lot of changes. In the first season, he was just kind of another bounty hunter type guy. Um, also kind of Western inspired, I would say. Yeah, definitely that like not as thrown together, but still a little like getting pieces here and there look to him in this first season. But still polished, though. Yeah. I mean, he still has the money, I would say. He's, He's always been the one in charge, so. <laughs> yeah. um, up close, though, look at the fabrics, though. His sleeve fabric looks, mm -hmm. I want to touch it so desperately. Yeah, I've always appreciated the fine details in Star Wars costumes. It's like the textures are so important. And for his specifically, like you said, you, like you want to touch the sleeve. It has like a, has a, a lift to it. It's got texture. It feels, it looks like it feels very soft and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin is a fabrics person, by the way. So we're going to jump into all of that later on. <laughs> <laughs> And then Queel, such a great guy. R.I.P. Um, yeah. I know. That that was messed up. Oh my gosh. I'm just trying to remember how he went. It's it's kind of horrifying what happened. Yeah. <laughs> we don't oh, need no. to get into that, Spencer. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch after this. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just I love those first episodes. I, I wish I could like erase my memory and go back and rewatch them for the first time because I remember how exciting this was when the show started every week, you know, with with that scary uh, mud rhino. I don't remember what it was called, but and Grogu lifting him up with the force. Like, do you remember the first time you yeah. watched that? You're like, wow. Yeah, well, that's the thing with the first season specifically. Um, I remember watching the first episode and I think everyone was kind of unsure about what it was going to be, what it was about, what the, the the theme was, what the story was. And it wasn't until the very end of the first episode when you see Grogu for the first time. And back then he was just known as the child or baby Yoda. And um, <laughs> it was, um, it's just this like light bulb moment, so to speak, where it all kind of clicked and made sense. Like, oh, this is what we're going to be doing this season this is the story it's about him and uh the mandalorian and their journey together and i think it caught everyone's hearts and that's i think that's part of the reason why the show's been so successful and it's yeah. so yeah. fun to continue that story up to this point yeah definitely um oh my gosh remember when everyone was calling him baby yoda was... <laughs> <laughs> i mean some people still do but i imagine it's probably banned on set you don't have to answer that though yeah no, i mean it's, it's one of those things i was just gonna say with um the merchandising for him you know it's just it's like it's a cash cow for for disney and lucasfilm yeah for um, sure and over the years you'll see the merchandising change with the name it's like it said the child for a while then it says grogu and now it's going to need to say din grogu you know it's yeah. it's oh, yeah. interesting to see that um that changing over time as well i feel bad for the people getting his name tattooed or something and they have to cross <laughs> it out every every season <laughs> adding on little by little oh, yeah let's let's hope din grogu doesn't get married and gets like another last name um <laughs> <laughs> and before we end season one i think it's uh good to check in on moff gideon played by giancarlo esposito he always had you know how i love a cape and he always yeah. has like the most badass armor um i know we're supposed to hate this man 
but he has impeccable style. I'm just going to say so it. cool. He looks so cool. <laughs> He yeah. looks cool and scary and ominous and terrifying yeah. all at once. <laughs> right. I'd say probably one of the more like bad villains of Star Wars. Like if I were to see this man, I'd be scared. I can't say the same for like the Rogue One villains, you know? Yeah. Um, this man scares me, but also I want to shop his closet. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. And I, I do feel like his costume through those seasons has changed the least though. Because, like, I see this, it's, like, clearly different from, like, the most recent one. But it's, like, he knows his style and, like, sticks to it, I feel like. Right. He loves a dramatic cape. Um, remember that last episode of the season or the last two episodes um, when John Favreau had the 501st Legion on set? Did you know this? Where they were, like, we need stormtroopers. And they actually connected with the 501st Legion to provide some of their own people who created their own stormtrooper armor and they were on set that day which is pretty cool so this is public knowledge is what you're sharing yes yeah <laughs> yeah it's on the documentary yeah that's yes, on Disney yes, that Plus. Is Wait, for the for the first season <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a great documentary that's on crazy. Disney Plus. I'm not sharing anything that's not public knowledge. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's um, it's fun to bring in the fandom and have them be part of telling these stories. And it's it's so wildly impressive how vast their knowledge is of the Star Wars universe and how dedicated they are to fine details and just getting everything perfect and it's it's valued i think that's the thing it's valued by everyone that creates the sh these shows and um it's such a collaborative effort in that regard yeah and with that we're gonna take another quick break but when we come back now we're really diving into seasons two and three and Yay. i'm excited Yay. to hear more about kevin's experience on the mandalorian we'll be right back This is Dan, audio engineer of the Blogcast, here to let you know that if you wanted to support the show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy some awesome TeePublic merch with the Blogcast logo. We have shirts, sweaters, coffee mugs, stickers, and of course, a baby onesie. Thank you for all of your support. And ready to talk about seasons two and three designed by Shauna Terpsik. And with that, I have had the chance to interview Shauna not once, but twice. So I actually do have some quotes to be able to share about her experience working on season two and some from season three. So when we talked about season two, she told me the experience was like no other. John has brought together a band of incredible artists and technicians, but most importantly, a group of Star Wars fans through and through. The show is fast-paced and a huge undertaking, and we all want to give our all for every moment and every look. It's the most glorious and rewarding challenge. I often squeal with childlike excitement when a costume is finished and on the actor. 
And I have to say, just talking to her, I know that to be true. She is a big nerd, just like the rest of us, which is why I love her so much, because I know that she is being genuine when she says that she really loves this and is passionate about it. And I bet Kevin could probably attest to that. Yes, it's that's very true. Um, every day in, in our office and warehouse, it's she, she's such a wealth of knowledge and is so excited about every single thing that we're doing and just knows exactly what it needs to be. And that's why it's so wonderful working with her because you can trust her to guide you towards this end goal that we're all working towards, which is creating these beautiful costumes. And again, she's she's such a a nerd in all the best ways and just has such a vast knowledge of of the the universe and the franchise itself. And she's always immersed in books and we're trying to tell her not to rip pages out of books, but you know, <laughs> things happen. We need, we need source material. So um, it's, it's really fun to work with someone like that. That's so passionate about what we're doing day after day. Um, and with that, let's talk about the Mandalorian again, Din Djarin, who has his new and upgraded armor in seasons yes. two and three. And this to me just looks expensive or rich. He's protected. I mean, after seeing that season one armor, it just feels like he rolled up in a new SUV Escalade. It's just so <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, he looks great. He looks wonderful in his upgraded armor. It's, you know, shiny and, and polished and new. And yeah, it's, um, he's ready to go. So ready. And I feel like this fits his character more than the original. And I'm also like, ooh, he's like growing up, getting more like responsible for his right. role in the universe. Yeah, and I love that all matched because his helmet stayed the same, but his armor hasn't. So that really, now that I've seen season one, I'm so happy that we're there because that would have continued to bother me at this point. So he has the whole new set. He looks incredible. You know, I don't know how to build this kind of armor, but it's kind of like on my bucket list to somehow end up with Mandalorian armor one day. I'm going to have to like make lots of friends at Star Wars Celebration or something because I need this. I need this for me. <laughs> well, the cosplayers are so dedicated to getting it right. I mean, I've seen some wonderful cosplay costumes and it's definitely impressive to me how, again, detailed everyone is with what they do. It's it's wonderful. Right. And then the next character I want to talk about, there is an episode in season two where we finally get to see Ahsoka in live action. Elizabeth, did you ever watch the Clone Wars cartoons? I didn't. Uh, oh, we gotta get on that. Yeah, I don't. I watched the like the two D. Um, it wasn't. I forget what it was called, but there was like a two D cartoon that I watched and I loved. Oh, and then one, the like movie you're talking about. It, it's I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was on. I think it was on Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love that. And then when Clone Wars came around, I was like, already already seen them. <laughs> No. So I need to go back and watch it. But like at the time, it like didn't cross my mind that it was something I should watch. Well, I believe it's all on Disney Plus. I think everyone should go and watch it. Also, uh, Star Wars Rebels, because it's going to help you with an upcoming show, by the way. But um, I love the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon. I love Ahsoka, Ashley Eckstein. Uh, so when Rosario Dawson showed up on screen, I... I <laughs> not to be dramatic, but I cried. It was <laughs> so exciting. And uh, her costume is just incredible. I, yeah, such, such a moment. It was, especially because like I wasn't expecting to see her in this. 
when I saw this episode, I almost immediately reached out to Shauna and uh, she shared some notes about working on Ahsoka specifically and just bringing to life these live action uh, characters because Bo-Katan was also one who came from the cartoon. Uh, she said, I've been going to Comic-Con in San Diego for years and years and I have great respect and understanding for the legacy of these iconic characters by staying loyal to Dave Filoni's vision created an animation, but applying my knowledge of how a costume must work for live action and movement. I knew we created something magical. And then when talking about Ahsoka, she said, I relied heavily on Dave's direction for her. He gave me his research that influenced his decisions. And I worked off them to create the live action version, even going so far as to have fabric made to give her the journey worn cloak. And we made many attempts at the Jedi hood before we got it right as well. So I could just imagine that the process of trying to bring this beloved character to life must have been probably pretty scary. <laughs> the cloak itself, I've seen it in person. It's it's beautiful and it's it's hand, it's handmade and it's it has so much texture and detail to it and um it's it's every bit of what you want it to be. It's 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 a Jedi cloak. It looks really really cool. That's so cool. Um, have you ever worn it? You don't have to No, I've never worn it. I believe me, <laughs> fighting the urge every time I see any Jedi cloak. It's my my goal to have one at some point. Um they do require quite a bit of yardage, but um they Ooh. they're they're fantastic. And again, Ahsoka's is is quite possibly one of my favorites that I've ever I've ever seen. Ooh, nice. Well, no detail goes uh, overturned, I would say. And I actually asked Shauna about that because when you look at her belt, she has a braid tied around her belt. So to me, I was like, oh, that must be the Padawan braid. So when I confronted her about this, she <laughs> laughed and said, it may or may not be the braid. Some influences are like art up to the interpretation of the viewer. Every detail for costume means something and comes from her character's evolution. But it's important to me to let the viewer participate in the storytelling. And that actually is like kind of what I love about The Mandalorian. They give so much and you're kind of able to draw your own conclusions on things. I think this speaks very well to Shauna's um, perspective on, on design because we, you know, create so many costumes for these shows and there's so many fine details that go into every single one and everything has to tell a story. It needs to be part of the character's story. And she just has such a unique and skilled way of understanding what is appropriate for each character. And it helps whenever we're sourcing and, and shopping for anything that we need. It's, it's, it's really, um, it's why everyone looks so unique and special at the end of the day. I love that. And who I also love is Bo-Katan, played by Katie Sackoff. It was so good to see her also in live action. And uh, Kevin, you actually got to work with her, I'm assuming, on season three, or at least in proximity. I was around, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Shauna also talked about this. Uh, she said, Dave guided me very carefully through the helmets. The angle of the cheekbones, the slant of the eyes, the flare at the bottom. The helmet is the first thing you see, and it communicates so much. Getting that right and the slight differences and the colors are imperative. And she also said, we did tear out a few seams a few seams in the action. Also, after a week of intense fighting, Katie was losing weight and gaining more muscle. The uniform was shifting, and frequent alter alterations were needed to keep the shape we intended. We did add stretch panels throughout to ease the strain on the seams. 
So I guess with that, it kind of wants me to talk a little bit about um, just the Mandalorians in general, Kevin. How <laughs> there's so many in season three. Just <laughs> you noticed. <laughs> yeah. How how is this? possible i guess i just don't even know where to start oh, how is it possible my goodness that's <laughs> quite a question um <laughs> it's um it's a lot of collaboration involved um between different departments there's aging and specialty um it's constructing armor pieces and you know we're aging things down to make them look um worn and used and obviously with the action scenes there's a lot to contend with as in regards to movement, as Shauna mentioned in her quote, um, there's just there's so many uh, elements that go into um, preparing these costumes for the screen. And each one presents its own challenges, um, especially in the most recent season um, when we had the coverts. You see them all. I'm just looking at your slide now with um, that group of them standing there. Um, you can see the colors. They don't really match on any of them. These characters have been sourcing armor pieces um, as they've gone along because they're in hiding and they only have access to what they can find. So again, that speaks to the storytelling, of course, but when we're creating everything, everything has to be very well labeled so things don't get mixed up. So we know <laughs> what goes where. So that's also that's very important. But it's um it's such an interesting um costume to to really dissect and and understand because there's so many parts and pieces that go into it. Each, you know, are on the left and the right, there's pauldrons and there's there's bats and everything it's it's a lot so it's organization is key i think that's the, the short <laughs> answer for that <laughs> well, i think it's so exciting and i it's so interesting that you mentioned that they do have mixed matched pieces i guess i didn't realize it but after talking about season one i'm like oh this is maybe like a habit that mm -hmm. Dinjarin kind of picked up from his own people is sourcing these armor pieces that's why it was mixed match so that's kind of like a cool Line. And this is the first time we've seen um, children, uh, younger right. children as Mandalorians as well. So it's like, you know, paring down the costume to fit a child. And, you know, the helmets have to be um, made a certain way because they're smaller people, you know. And um, again, it's just the challenges that are presented with these costumes. It's fun you know, to have to encounter that and, and figure it out. And again, back to the aging as well. It's all those fine details that go into it with, you know, where you're going to put a rip or a tear or like a hole or something like that. It all has to be balanced on the costume as a whole. So um, again, it's just very exciting to have been part of that. Right. I I have to admit when I saw the child Mandalorian, it did take me back for a second. I was like, there can't be, Mandalorian children and I'm like well wait that doesn't make sense they have to be children so. <laughs> <laughs> it really freaked me out at first I was like what the um yeah no that's such a cool experience I can't imagine I wish I was a part of a Mandalorian covert but anyways speaking of another Mandalorian we got a little glimpse at Boba Fett in season two yeah and I was so excited to be able to talked to Shauna about the book of Boba Fett specifically, but she did also talk about um, working with Boba Fett on season two. And we have a little audio clip that we could play of her talking about working with Boba. Hit it, Daniel. The direction I was given from Mandalorian season two 
from John Favreau was, um, you know, a, a man out of the desert, you know, and he he mentioned, you know, Lawrence of Arabia and in things like that. And so when I researched Lawrence of Arabia, you know, he was an all black. And so I just I took that to mean that John wanted him in black. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and so I started, I started, you know, sketching around and, you know, I had been very loyal when I created the, um, you know, the Boba Fett vest for Cobb Vance. I put it on, um, you know, gray fabric, like she would have looked in the original. So, but the sketches, it's so cool. Um, you know, my sketch artist um, at the time was, was, you know, sketching him up. I'm like, oh, that, that the armor really pops on the black. I love this. And I forgot the note that Dave Filoni gave me that he never wants to see Boba Fett in black and he didn't want him <laughs> to look too much like Darth Vader. And so I presented the sketches and, and he was like, oh, this looks really good. <laughs> yeah, it's subtle. It's subtle. So, yeah. so um, <laughs> he was like, oops, I forgot you told me not to do that. <laughs> but um, but they ended up loving it. And I was like, phew. Um, and Michael Wandy was my sketch artist. And I, I, I'm i like, Michael, we, we you know, we got approved. And and so bringing him to screen it, to me, because I was changing his look so much, it took some of the pressure off because we were making a new statement. And I was under the protection of John and Dave and, and Doug Chang that I knew they would let me mess, mess this up. You know, I was I was in very good hands. Yeah, that, that's a true story. Um, and I think it also speaks to Shauna's artistry. And um, when she believes in something, she's going to go for it. And she's going to do everything she can to convince um, the powers that be that this is the way, that this is the way. This is the <laughs> way. <laughs> this is where we need to go. And um, more often than not, she she's able to convince them. And uh, it means, means it speaks to her talent and skill as a designer, but also... Um, a fan of the franchise in and of itself. She understands what things need to look like to really tell the story. And um, I think that Boba Fett wearing black um, in that in that part of the season was was the right choice. I think it really came through beautifully. I agree. I love the Lawrence of Arabia like influence because it, it really comes through. But she definitely like Star Wars. Fight it <laughs> and it's just also like for Boba Fett it's like such a departure for that character and she just made it work so beautifully yeah it's it's such a great costume especially once you I think everyone should go watch the book of Boba Fett listen to my interview because she also really talks about the influences of you know the Tuscans and how that inspired his costume as well so go listen to that after this and get a little bit more details on that and uh, as well as Fennec Shand, who's one of my favorite characters. So you've got to check out the interview. Uh, with that, let's dive into just fully season three at this point. And I was so excited to see Coruscant. Uh, yes, yes. Kevin, there was like one or two costumes happening on Coruscant. What, what, what was it like being a part of this episode? Well, I think with Coruscant, what's so interesting um, and fun is the fact that it's it's the capital planet. It um, is a place where people are going to look more elegant and polished and put together. And that's an opportunity as costumers for us to um, to take that and really make them look the part. Um, I just love looking at 
beautiful, elegant uh, creations and anything that has any sort of sheen to it or metallic look to it. And with all of like the jewelry that they'd be wearing and um, all of the different layers, it, it speaks to their wealth. It speaks to their, um, their status. It speaks to their, um, who they are as, as a planet. It all came together so beautifully. I think it was fun to, to go back to Coruscant. Right. And I imagine just so many costumes. It was a lot. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. I loved it because it just, it seemed like the like, oh, this is where everybody converges, like exchanges ideas. It seemed like, oh, this is definitely like the fashion capital of the galaxy. Like, (laughs) that's why I, I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Like the Milan of the of star wars <laughs> i was gonna say of space but you know. <laughs> it's not real um we had a new character appear on screen we have the jedi who saved little baby grogu um well maybe he wasn't a baby he could have still been 50 uh, played by ahmed best who had such incredible costume i don't know if everyone knows but he played jar jar binks in the prequel movies so this was incredible. Elizabeth, you look like you didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought he looked familiar, but I did not put two and two together. <laughs> well, I don't know how he looks familiar to you, but yeah. <laughs> I, I used to watch all those behind the scenes things. Oh, okay. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely took me a second. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so excited for him to be a part of this. And look at that costume. That is rich. I mean, I know that Kevin Pry is dying over these specific fabrics. I love what it looks like the gold embroidery on the lapel. Um, I also, I messaged Shauna and I said that it's kind of giving me like Qui-Gon Jinn vibes a little bit, mm-hmm. slightly might be a stretch, but to me just, it feels a little inspired, but then also his own thing at the same time too. I've never seen that sort of embroidery in a Jedi costume. Yeah. I know the embroidery was very important for Shauna um, and to get it right. And a lot of attention was paid to the, to that specific detail on the costume. I think it looks so good on screen and um just in that moment where he's revealed you know as he's saving grogu it's um i don't know it's just the way that he's revealed and it's all happening so quickly it's just like the gold right there it just makes him look like a savior almost in a way yeah yeah and the layers of the costume um he's he just looks so um badass to me for lack of a better word no that's the right word and he looked it mean all of the action sequences as well as he's saving grogu um it just the movement of everything and um his his robe it's just again they're they require a lot of fabric to make and to be able to maneuver them when you're doing those types of action sequences and um it's it's not it's not an easy task so i think it was a moment of redemption for the actor and um, it for the fandom as well. It was just so great to have this moment um, where he's now going to be known as the one who saved Grogu. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's it's like the galaxy's version of like a superhero. When you see him on screen, you're the knight in shining armor type 
type situation. Yeah. We instantly knew like, oh, this guy's going to get Grogu out of here and he's probably going to survive too. So I don't know where he went after this, but I hope we answer that question. Don't look at Kevin. Okay, next. <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> um, with that, we have some nightmare fuel I would love to talk about. <laughs> We have two species, the Mon Calamari and the Quarren Captain, who they have a quick moment on an episode. It's kind of like the cold open and such incredible costumes. It's just two random side characters, but just up close, the textures on, you know, ugh, it's just incredible. And Kevin, I believe these two characters actually are rather near and dear to your heart. They are. These are two um, characters that I sourced fabrics for directly. Um, the Quarren Captain was really fun because it was a costume that had to go into water as well. And mm. that was something that I hadn't worked with before. So wow. um, collaborating with Shauna or under her guidance, rather, um, she told me what to expect in the scene, like what it what the fabrics needed to be able to do. And from that point forward, I knew what I needed to find um, out in the world. And um, I just love the construction of it. It, it. I mean, I always have full faith in our department, but um, the way it turned out and it looks on screen, I just, I love it so much. The panels and um, all the stitching and the top stitching and everything. I think it just turned out so wonderful. And um, I remember like the binding fabric, for example, it's something that, I almost didn't take with me on a shopping trip, but something <laughs> told me that, you know, this might be right. This might work. Mm -hmm. I should bring it back. And lo and behold, it, it, it was what was chosen. And I think it was, it was the right choice for sure. And it, I, I'm really like that costume a lot. It's a very good one. I actually can't even imagine like what you're feeling just even looking at this image right here. I mean, it must be such a cool feeling. Uh, Cause it was like a job well done, but like, knowing I'm part of this collaborative effort, it's, it's so cool. Like everyone has a piece or their hand in it somewhere and it, it just came together. So, so wonderfully. And then for the noblemen, the Mon Calamari noblemen, um, those fabrics were super fun because we don't see purple very often in Star mm -hmm. Wars and to shop for fabrics in that color. Um, just, it allowed me to look for things that I don't normally have to look for. And I really loved that Shauna kind of just set me loose and let me find things that spoke to me. And I was sending her photos while I was out there. She was giving me feedback. And um, when I brought everything back, um, we had a good selection, but it was a small assortment and it all worked out beautifully. I just, I was very impressed with how his costume came out as well. And, and again, it just speaks to the, the talents and skills of our department and it's it's all a collaborative thing we all have a, a role to play and i think these two for the short amount of screen time that they had they made a big impact and i think they looked they looked really really good absolutely they were such a cool little moment and looked just so fantastic yeah, I in particular love the Corn Captain's uh, suit. I I will say that her dead eyes really freak me out. But like now seeing up close this costume, it, it's brilliant. I mean, the construction, like you said, this is like a top tier masterclass Emmy award worthy costume. It is so good. 
Um, I hope to see this one like in a costume exhibit at some point to see this one up close because the construction is just amazing. It's so good. Uh, those eyes, though, you got to go. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this is what you're going to be dreaming about tonight. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about we all travel to Plazier 15? We have yes. some fun cameos. <laughs> Honestly, if I was in the Star Star Wars universe, I think I would want to be here. <laughs> There's no work. It's all play there. So why yeah, not? <laughs> exactly. Right. And they all look beautiful. Like, what's their, what is there to not love about this planet? Absolutely. It's definitely my type of planet. And we have some incredible people, a.k.a. Lizzo, Jack Black, yes. and Christopher Lloyd. What a star-packed cast for this episode. So random and so perfect. Um Kevin, <laughs> you also worked heavily on this episode. I know this is actually how I I was going through Instagram and saw your post and I was like, you know, record scratch. I'm like, you worked on this? I had no idea, <laughs> um, which is when I contacted you like instantly. So how Pleasure 15, what was your, your experience like working on these costumes? Um, it was really, really fun because... It was a new planet that we'd never visited before in the universe. And it was an opportunity to tell a new story. And you can see um, with the colors that were chosen, um, we don't often see these colors either in mm -hmm. in Star Wars. So um, the, the, the gold metallic velvet brocade from Captain Bombardier's um, shoulder cape, that's one of my favorites. I remember finding that. Um, digging through a pile of fabric and <laughs> it was something that we were still looking for it and hadn't really found the right thing yet and it was like a needle in a haystack moment for me and I was like I when I found it I was like this is it I know this is it Shauna's gonna love this and lo and behold that's what was chosen that's so wild <laughs> yeah. I just can't imagine digging through a pile and being like oh this is perfect for a Star Wars television show that's being watched the office, by, you know? <laughs> yeah, by the entire world <laughs> but again with the colors that were um used it's like on um the Duchess's um costume there's there's beadwork there's um stones there's um these iridescent pinks and blues and, and a bit of green in there as well it's it's really um it, it's just an opportunity to do something new which i really appreciated and even you can see the guard in the background of the shot that we're looking at now um there's um there's like a magenta or like a fuchsia and a teal and these colors we don't get to use them very often so it was fun to be able to do that this time around and also what I love about the Mandalorian is that there are so many fun details. I actually didn't even notice the guard behind the Duchess until today when we sat down. And that armor is so cool. It's almost like kind of Stormtrooper, but like fun and colorful, like a cool Stormtrooper. One that you'd want to hang out with, perhaps. Yeah, he doesn't look threatening at all there, does he? Yeah. <laughs> Coachella Stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check back in on Grief Karga. He is now, I believe, the High Magistrate. Is that mm -hmm. the right word? Uh, he looks great. He looks I love so good. this costume. Yeah, look at that red textile. Again, I'm obsessed with it. I want to touch it. And yeah, you could just tell that he's in charge. He's really changed things around here. Uh, he looks awesome. 
yeah, that piece definitely has a lot of weight to it. And I, when watching him on screen um, in, in the episodes where he wears it, it just always impresses me how he's able to move with it so easily. Like it's nothing at all. I'm like that thing is heavy. Like oh. I never wear that. But <laughs> he again speaks to the character. He's you know he's in charge. He's he's large and in charge, and he's he's the one calling the shots, and um, he wears it so well. And I know that that was a big um, big project in our department um, was creating that, and um, it turned out wonderfully. Did a great job. Right. It's almost like he has like a heavy burden on his shoulders protecting this town, which honestly, you know, in the past, he was one of the reasons why things maybe weren't going so well as he was adding to the crime value of the town. And now he's really turned things around. And I think he feels that burden to kind of like rewrite uh, the wrongs here, which maybe why his costume's a little bit more heavy, I would say. He looks great. I would love to try it on. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> and we're getting to the end of the Mandalorian. Let's talk about those last two episodes when we get back to Mandalore. I just have to say I my blood pressure was very high for what two weeks. So thanks a lot, Kevin. On that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also Moff Gideon brought some surprises, which I really didn't appreciate. He brought these cool Beskar Mandalorian looking uh, stormtroopers and the Praetorian guards are back from the Star Wars films, which they're very scary. Very cool. Yeah. So when you all found out that you're going to be doing the Praetorian guards and these cool stormtroopers, was everyone excited, a little nervous, a little scared? I mean, it's almost like a whole new scary character. I can imagine I was rather excited. It was very exciting. Um, I remember seeing um, some artwork that was shared with me. And I mean, I knew what they were immediately and was stoked that I was going to be sourcing fabrics for them as well. It was an opportunity to continue these costumes through the storyline of the Mandalorian, but Shauna's always looking for ways to improve upon things that have existed and, and make them look even better than they already do. And for these particular characters, I remember the um the skirts that they were, those skirt panels, there was conversation, considerable conversation around what fabric would be appropriate for them. Again, they are doing very involved action scenes where they're moving around quite a bit and doing all sorts of stunts. So it needed to be something that could withstand that type of demand, but also um, they needed to, to move properly when they're just standing there and kind of shifting their weight around. It needed to look substantial and, and have a certain weight to it. So I think that each costume provides its own challenges, you know, but um, these ones were really, were really fun to, to make. And I mean, they're, they're so badass the way that they look, they're red, you know, and yeah. red's another color that we don't often see in Star Wars, unless we're dealing with, you know, the bad guys, so to red, speak. Red so, usually means someone's fucked, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> someone's about to get, you know, taken down a notch or two. But um, the way that they turned out was really great. And um, even the, um, the the base layer of what you see them wearing, it's it's a shade of red as well. And I think it all came together so beautifully. And they just look so menacing. Ugh, 
they're so cool. Yeah, the second I saw them, I was like, oh man, someone it's it's the end of the road for somebody here in this episode tonight. I don't know who, but <laughs> they're so cool. And yeah, I, I love the way that the skirt moves, especially cause they do so many stunts and they're swinging their weapons around. I love the way the costume moves with them. And it was so cool seeing all of the stormtroopers. Well, I'm sure they have a different name, but all these troopers and the Mandalorians fighting on their jetpacks. That was exciting action. I don't know what you thought, Elizabeth. I, I was like, overwhelmed i was like this <laughs> at, like i do feel like i need to watch those two episodes again because i was like this is like so much everyone looks so cool and it's all going too fast <laughs> right especially when spooky moff gideon shows up and probably the sickest armor known yeah. to man when I saw this man in that new decked out Mandalorian armor, I was like, again, I'm like, someone's not going to make it out of here. <laughs> and it's just the some of the coolest armor I think we've ever seen on the show and in the movies. Honestly, it transcends just the series. Um, I love the spikes on his helmet. That is scary. He looks menacing. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I have to say, I was one of those people that felt like maybe the armor was a spy especially seeing the influence in this helmet, but I was proven wrong and I'm sorry, girl. I definitely <laughs> didn't trust you for an episode or two. This, this, these episodes had us searching their feelings. I was, I was feeling it. <laughs> that fan theory just spread like wildfire. I remember like hearing about that as obviously the, the sh uh, episodes were airing and it's like, whoa, this thing caught on quickly. People want answers immediately. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the Dadalorian was pinned down. Someone had to answer for this. I want to know who is <laughs> in trouble here. Um, but no, it's just pesky Moff Gideon just being himself. Um, yeah, definitely one of my favorite armors. And with that, I think it's time to play our favorite game as we're at the end of season three of The Mandalorian. Uh, Kevin, are you ready to play one costume to rule them all with us? I believe so. I believe so. <laughs> All right. Hit it, Daniel. The one costume to rule them all. Um, Elizabeth, why don't you go first? Mine is an obvious one. It is the Mandalorian himself. Din Djarin. Mm. His updated armor. It is cool. It is sleek. He has a great like monochromatic look going mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm here to be the bounty hunter to save the universe. So <laughs> let's yeah. get it, Grogu. Especially when you see season one and you see him now, like you don't appreciate how great his costume it is until you've seen mm -hmm. like the trajectory it's been on. Then you're like, okay, yeah, this guy is decked out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I as predicted, have changed my one costume to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say Ahsoka because I love Ahsoka and just the moment of seeing her. And I still, she's my favorite character. But I have to say that my one costume to rule them all is actually Bo-Katan's armor. Um, I just really love the colors and I just love how Shauna took it from, you know, the cartoons, Rebels and Clone Wars it really brought it to life and just like every angle of the helmet and those blues. And 
I remember the first moment uh, in season two where Bo-Katan's wearing her helmet and she's helping Mando out of the water and that Corrin ship. And you just kind of see like the glance of your helmet and you're like, oh my gosh, is that Bo-Katan? <laughs> um, so in terms of the costume, I would say like that's probably my favorite costume right now. Uh, and then I love the Praetorian Guards too. I want one of those in like all black if we could make that happen. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get right on that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least a cosplayer. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, what is your one costume rule of them all? So there's so many to consider. And um, while quite a few from season three are very close to my heart and I do love them very much, um, I think I have to choose Ahsoka from season two. There's something about her costume that I absolutely love and I think having seen her Jedi cloak in person is probably one of the reasons why right. I love it so much. But um, it's it, it's beautiful. And yeah, I think that's my favorite one. But I think a runner up is definitely the Praetorian Guards from season three of Mando because they just look so cool. And I worked on them. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Ahsoka's costume definitely has like an energy about it. I could imagine seeing that in person, just falling down to your knees. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are at the end of this episode. Kevin, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank it's you. been a real pleasure. And where can people follow you on social media? Keep up with your journey. So I have an Instagram account that focuses on costume design and it's called iconic costume. You can find me there. Um, that's really where I live as far as costume design is concerned. So <laughs> give me a shout there. And thank you both for having me on this episode today. It's been such a, a treat and pleasure. And um, it's just so fun to finally be able to, to share everything with the world and to talk about it. So thank you. Thank you again. Of course, we're beyond excited for you and I'm so happy for you. And I can't wait to see what else you're doing next. Um, yeah, I know you exciting have exciting uh, things in the pipeline. So stay tuned for more yeah. Yeah. later. I promise. Uh, upcoming space type show that might have Perhaps, something to do with what we're know. talking about. Yeah. So you know. It's a big galaxy out there. So there's lots of stories <laughs> to tell. <laughs> so stay tuned definitely read between the lines thank you so much kevin thank you and thank you with that if you all enjoyed this episode and want to tell us what your one cost rule them all is don't forget to leave us a voicemail at 626-515-1826 or send us an email at the art of costume blogcast at gmail.com elizabeth what are we watching next week next week we are definitely changing it up we're doing a 180 and we are going to watch burlesque yeah. oh <laughs> that's a whole different type of vibe very fun very yeah. fun different galaxy we unfortunately are at the end of our star wars month but in our next episode we are getting into our cabaret-esque burlesque month and yeah. we're starting i've been telling elizabeth to watch burlesque ever since we started this podcast and i'm finally getting my wish so you are you are 
after many, many months of telling me I need to watch it. <laughs> it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Kevin, have you seen it? I have seen it. I actually saw it in the theater. I remember that when it came out. It was quite a while ago, but I have seen it. I think that's the only time I've ever seen it, actually. But um, I might I have to give it a rewatch now that you're, you're both going to be discussing it. So Yeah, you're getting like the a few months head start compared to everyone else so you have some yeah. time but everyone else <laughs> watch burlesque <laughs> it'll be our next episode don't forget to follow us on instagram at the art of costume pod tiktok at the art of costume merch store the art of costume.com slash pod store and don't forget to leave us a five-star text review on apple podcast it really does help and don't forget to follow kevin on instagram at iconic costume thank you all this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Yes, this is the way. <laughs>